Hi guys, Pastor Mary Jean here. I'm here solo again today, but Miss Chesley is catching a healing today. So I just wanted us to start our program today off just praying for Chesley and speaking the word over her. So why don't you join me in that? Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up Chesley to you. We thank you, Lord, that you've made full provision for, for her healing, for perfect health in our bodies, and that Jesus, you bore uh, the malfunction that's bothering Chesley today, you bore that in your body for her, and by your stripes she was healed. So we just release healing anointing into Chesley's body right now, and we thank you for restoring her to perfect health. You said, Lord, that by faith we are made whole. So we just release our faith in behalf of Chesley that she is made whole, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. That's always important. We keep the word working in our lives on a consistent basis because uh, I'll tell you what I'm learning to do or practicing, in other words, is to say whenever I say the blessing, I thank the Lord that he blesses our food and water and takes sickness from the midst of us. So he said that taking sickness from the midst of us means that he's we won't even think about it. The middle ground would be what we think about. We won't even think about it. We won't even consider sickness as a problem to us. So I think that's a powerful place to be. And I want to practice that every time I say the blessing. Amen. So we're going to continue on our um, journey. We are trying to close the chapter on Deborah, which uh, we really have. But we moved into the power that's in the tongue. And... uh, so we were finishing up on our slides from last week and through the Proverbs where it talks about death and life are in the hand of the tongue. A wholesome tongue is, is a healed tongue. Uh, that The word is medicine uh, to our flesh or it's a cure to our flesh. And that a cured tongue is a tree of life. And so there's so many things that um, can be changed in our lives just by addressing the power of our tongue. And so we're going to finish up on a few scriptures with that today. But then we will move into the book of Esther. And we hopefully we'll get to the introduction. And there's so many neat things in the book of Esther. It's uh, there's a, The first chapter is a picture of kingdom life and the kingdom of God. And then you we're going to look at chapter 2 where Esther goes through a whole grooming process. And I see that as what happens when you receive Christ as your Savior and he comes into your life and the Holy Spirit comes in and begins to groom us and prepare us. In chapters 3 and 4, we're going to look at Esther's intercession that saved her nation. Hello, we could use that today. Let's save our nation. And, and Esther and Mordecai's teamwork working together uh, and saved the Jewish nation, nation. And then in chapter 5, we're going to look at how Esther put on her royal robes. And went in before the king. So we have a lot of exciting things to look at. And um, I want to start off though today uh, with our first slide, with, which is in Matthew 22:14. We were talking about the marriage supper and how the man went into the, the, the wedding guest, and one guest did not have on a garment, and he questioned him about that, and the man was speechless. And what we got out of that was that we wear our words. In other words, when we, when we, uh, you know, in Psalm 109, it talks about from the negative point of view that the wicked man, uh, the words that he speaks go into his bones and rot his bones. 
And so the words that we speak can bless us or curse us. And it can go right to the bone and bless us or curse us. And you know, the thing is, is the life of the flesh is in the blood. But the life of the blood is in the bone marrow. So when you're reading the Proverbs and you see what things affect the bones, pay attention to that. Because that also affects your blood. And your blood affects your whole flesh. So we want to pay attention to those things. And in in the end of that parable about the wedding guest, uh, Jesus goes on to say that many are called, but few are chosen. And the word chosen, we looked we looked at it so briefly last week that I wanted to re- rehearse it again. Uh, the word chosen, we get eklektos, and uh, the ek part means out from something, uh, a point of origin. Or coming out from something. And uh, lek would be, we get logos out of that. Legos. And that's the word for, one of the words for word. When you look at the Bible and you're reading, some words, sometimes when you use the word word, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Sometimes it, it's logos, which is the, the rationally decided, the understood word. And then the other word for word is rhema, which means you have a revelation of it. You have the picture of that word in your heart. You have a mental understanding of it, but then you have a picture of it. So you have logos and rhema, words. And this is, many are called, but few are chosen. This word chosen comes out from the word logos. So basically he's saying the choosing is on your part. You choose my word and you become chosen. Not that God's just going around and saying, let's see, I pick you, not you, but I pick you, and I pick you, and I pick you, but not, not you over here. No, we do the choosing. We choose his word. We choose to walk in his word. And we choose to honor his word. And we become chosen. I always liken that to uh, when I was a little girl. My granddaddy had a horse, and, and, and the back of his house, there was a pasture, there was a pen and then a pasture on back of the house. And Dundee Boy was the horse's name. And Dundee Boy would go to the very back corner of the pasture. And he'd be way out there eating grass, just doing doing his thing. And when my granddaddy would go out, he had a certain whistle. And when he whistled, he it, the horse's ears would perk up and he'd turn and look. And then he'd just turn and start trotting to come into the pen. Well, when he comes into the pen, he's going to become grain-fed. So the cattle that are grain-fed, you see the meat at the uh, the market, grain-fed beef. Well, grain-fed means they were contained in a pen. They were put in a small area. They were disciplined to certain um, behaviors, and they became grain-fed. That's kind of like chosen to me. We do the choosing. We submit ourselves to come into that pen and to submit to the training that that will bring. And then we feed off of the grain and we become chosen or grain-fed beef, if you will. So um, many are called. He calls the many. But few choose to answer and come and go through. And we're going to relate this to Esther later on. That she went through a whole grooming process. As the church, when you come into Christ and you receive Jesus Christ, you hear the message of the gospel. Uh, you, you agree with it. You want that. I remember when I uh, when I first 
Well, I had been seeking the Lord, but when I first really responded to him and, and got the message, <clears throat> the word power struck me. I was interested in the power. This man was, I was reading a book, and this, this book talking about the power in a life, having power in your life. And I wanted that power in my life, so I invited Christ into my life. I had always believed in him, but I had never actually invited him in. I had never said the words and invited him in. And so when I did that, my life changed forever. So um, I chose, you know, I chose to uh, submit myself then. I started reading the Bible, uh, and we go through a grooming process. You get the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Then you you have a helper that walks along beside you. And we're going to see that in the book of Esther again, where Haggai, uh, the chamberlain over the, the king's uh, virgin maidens that came in to be uh, uh, examined to be the queen. Uh, Haggai was like the Holy Spirit. We have a counselor that counsels us and shows us what to do and, and what kind of grooming process we need. There's a lot in us that we don't even know is wrong. You know, we didn't even know it was wrong. And so he's grooming us for royalty. He's grooming us for royalty. I, I know it's, it's um, in the book of Acts where it talks about they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and, and spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. The word utterance there means um, uh, elevated, uh, dignified, elevated discourse. In other words, there's a whole language of heaven that's high above the language that you hear on the earth. And so uh, he's grooming us for royalty. And we'll see that in the book of Esther. Many are called, but few are chosen. And then we were looking at that, talking about the word of God. If you look in um, Ephesians chapter um, Ephesians chapter 5, where it talks about Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. A glorious church. Now he's sanctifying it and cleansing it, Washing of water by the word through the word of God. That's the Logos word. So it doesn't, you don't have to have some great revelation of it. It's just the word itself. That he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. You know, I think about the wrinkle. You know, the waves in the sea when they get rough? They're like a wrinkle on, on a piece of fabric. Not having... In other words, this, this not having a wrinkle is going to be that they're smooth. The word's going to be able to run a free course in us. And it, it, there won't be any wrinkles or any ups and downs in it. It's going to run a free course in us. But the word for spot is also in the Bible in James chapter 3. And in James chapter 3, it says, um, uh, I'm going to read a little more than what we have on the slide, but in James chapter 3, it's a powerful chapter on the power of the tongue. And if you, if you stop and read this through and meditate on it and think about it, my goodness, you can change your entire life with the words that you speak or don't speak. You can change your... And I'm going to say 
more speak than not speaking. When we speak, if we can get this revelation, when we speak the word of God, it is alive. It's quick and powerful, sharper than any double-edged sword. It's dynamic and it's working. It's alive. It's spirit and life. The word of God is alive. And it swallows up. Life will swallow up any dead thing. And the Excuse me, the words that we speak out of our soul that is that are not quickened by the Holy Spirit uh, is is um, we. uh, Well, I was going somewhere with that and I got sidetracked. Let me get back to James chapter three. And that's a good thing that I get sidetracked. Otherwise, I take a lot of rabbit trails. So my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation or judgment. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, and the same is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. You can put a bit in a horse's mouth. I don't know if you've ever ridden a horse. Some horses have tough mouths, and they, they don't turn very easily. But then there's other horses that are trained. They turn on a dime, you know, real easily. But we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the pilot listeth. It says, Even so the tongue, a little member, and boasteth great things. Stop and think about what we just read about the ship. Think of a huge um, uh passenger ship the huge ships that the the uh, princess and all those ones that go out to sea and they go on the cruise the cruise ships they're huge I, I don't know if you've ever been up close and personal to one but I remember once when we were in the Bahamas uh, no Bermuda and the ship comes right into the downtown they have a big market fair on Wednesday nights and the ship that thing is huge and um you, it has a small rudder, like the tongue in your mouth. The tongue can turn around your whole body. It can turn around your whole situation. It can turn everything around. And so we need to appreciate that and learn how to use it wisely. Amen? Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles, or a little wood a little fire kindles. The tongue is a fire... And it says in the regular Bible, it says, a world of iniquity. But in the literal, it says, the tongue is a fire, the world of iniquity. So is the tongue among among our members that it defiles the whole body. Now, this word defiles, and I think we went over this last week, but uh, we didn't have time to spend on it. This word defiles is the same word up in Ephesians as not having spot or wrinkle, which is telling me that the tongue is what causes the spot and the wrinkle, actually, because it, if the word could run a free course, uh, it's, it's because of the tongue. So the tongue defiles our own body. If I sit around and say, I have this and I have that, and it's a disease or sickness, or I have and I have and I have. Now, Back when I was coming along and learning this kind of stuff, 
people would say you were lying if you said you don't have a cold. I don't, and that people just first started saying, well, I don't have a cold. I don't have a cold. I don't have a cold. I don't have the flu. I don't have the flu. I don't have the flu. And actually, there's there uh, we we were speaking of things that are as though they weren't, but we're supposed to speak of things that aren't as though they were. Notice that the difference is that one swallows up the other. If you're speaking of things that are as though they weren't, it's not going to swallow it up. But he he told Abraham he he spoke of things that that weren't that were as though they weren't. <laughs> it gets a little confusing, but we have to be careful. I, I think of Brother Caps, where the Lord told him, "I've told my people they can have what they say, and they are saying what they have." So. A lot of times we just push back on the sickness or the disease rather than overcoming it with the health and healing of the word. And that's where we got confused and we got messed up. I'm not going to sit around and say I don't have, I might be challenged with a cold, but I'm resisting. It's like Miss Chesley today. She's being challenged with something, but she's resisting it and she's pushing back on it and she's speaking the word over it and the word is going to swallow it up. And perfect health, healing and wholeness will, will come and take its place. He also, uh, uh, the Lord also told Brother Caps, or I think Brother Caps just used this analogy. Don't call the cat if you want the dog. I wouldn't call the cat if I'm wanting the dog to come. So don't call the cold if you want health and healing. Speak of things that aren't as though they were. So you're challenged with a sickness or a disease. You just start saying, thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes I was healed. I am redeemed from the curse that's on the earth. So this is going to be a part of our grooming process that we learn to speak like heaven speaks. Whatever we bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. I always go back to this has really blessed me. Two two different places in, in where this applies. One is when Jesus was uh, in the back of the boat asleep and the, the disciples said, don't you care that we're going to die? And he just rose up and he said, oh, you have little faith. And he rebuked the winds. And in the word rebuke there, part of it means he, he uh, superimposed. He superimposed. That means he, he rose up and overcame, superimposed the, the right thing over the wrong thing. That's what we want to do. We want to do that for our country right now. Superimpose the will of God. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth in the United States of America as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus. We want to be saying those things. When I hear the news and I don't like the news. And I don't think it's what God's will is. Because it's not what the Bible preaches. Then I speak righteousness over that. I speak righteousness over unrighteousness. I'm not praying against any people. I'm praying against situations. And I may pray against a, a devil that's trying to influence these people. But I, I get dis, uh, distracted here. So I'm gonna get, I want to go on because I want to get off of the power of the tongue. But it's so powerful, it, it's hard to leave it behind. The, the, the tongue is the only world that the devil has against us. He's, he's got to get you and I to lay down our power. We are more powerful than he is because of Christ in us, the hope of glory. And, and actually man in, in his own, 
man without the Holy Ghost is still more powerful than the devil. We just don't know it. He's talked us out of it. So um, we we are more powerful in our own right. But with the Holy Ghost, we're definitely more powerful. But he has to get us to lay it down. He can't he can't do this on his own. So it's the only world he's got. The world, the world, the tongue is the world of iniquity. The only world iniquity or demonic activity has. So he has to get me to talk against myself. He has to get me, what is it it talks about in Revelation, the accuser of the brethren. He has to get me to talk against the situation. To call. He's got to get us to say our, our country's going down the tubes. If we say that enough, it's going to go down the tubes. But what if we push back on that? You know, I, I realized one day that when uh, when he said he destroyed death, it's in Hebrews, uh, but uh, when he destroyed death, the word destroyed means literally to make idle or useless or to paralyze, if you will. Pleading the blood paralyzes the devil. And then his influence on the people that are open to that is frozen and paralyzed. What if we push back with that instead of agreeing with what it appears to be happening out there? What if we push back like that? What if you pushed back on the drug business that's trying to take one of your children? What if you pushed back on the demonic activity that's trying to lead them off into the darkness? You'll win. You just have to hold on. You just have to stay stay focused. I really think through my experience through the years that the only time we lose is when we have unfocused faith. I know when I have set my face like flint toward Jerusalem, if you will, when I have decided and and if I mess up, I repent and go again, that I that I win the victory every time. But when I get distracted and I my mind wanders and I, and I have unfocused faith, I don't have it targeted somewhere and I don't have scriptures to back it up, then I don't win. So I just encourage us to and write it down when God gives you scriptures. And you know, uh, my experience has been we will do a little more of this with with Esther as an intercessor, but my experience has been that we uh the Holy Spirit will, He walks along beside us, and, uh, you do certain amount, and then m- maybe your part's over for a season. I know there was a time when I was believing God for somebody, and I knew that I had done my part, and I had to rest it. It's important when it gets to that point that we release it and let it go. Because God needs to take it now, and it's His turn to do a work. And then when he's ready for you to come back, he'll the Holy Spirit will quicken you and, and show you some more instruction. I remember uh, one person I was believing God for, and I would just say, okay, this is, I just started finally calling them a new creature in Christ. The old things are passed away, and all things are new, and the new things are of God. Well, what was that doing? That That's living word, and it's going out on that person and swallowing up the darkness. Swallowing it up. I love that term, swallows it up. It just swallows it up. Life swallows up death. Good overcomes evil. Light dispels darkness. So build up the life, the light, and the goodness of God. Build it up. Speak it out. And that's uh, part of our grooming process is to learn to speak uh, dignified, elevated discourse of heaven.
speak like heaven speaks. We're training for reigning, you know, in the next age. And so, let's see. We want to finish these little uh, slides up. So the tongue is a fire. Now, we look in the book of Esther, and we'll maybe run through a few of the... Um, a few of the um, in the introduction comments. I got this out of the Jack Hayford Study Bible and the introduction to Esther. And so I'll, I'll finish up today with that. And then next week we can start with... Um, there's a picture of the kingdom in chapter 1 when, the, when the, the king had a feast, had a big feast. And we can see how it re- correlates with Acts chapter 2 when uh, the Holy Ghost was poured out. So, just quickly, in the introduction to Esther, it says, um, one of the main purposes of the book of Esther is to show us from the lives of Esther and Mordecai a classic example of successful teamwork. Let me see. I want to do... Oh, I wanted to... In in line with that, let's look at the slide. Number five, a mother. Uh, we're going to see with Esther and Mordecai, her cousin or her uncle, um, that the Aaron and Moses, Esther and Mordecai, and Elijah and Messiah, uh, their names spell, the first letter of each name spells mother, E-M. And mother... The motherhood of God is the redemptive side of God. And so the whole Jewish nation is going to experience redemption because of Esther and Mordecai's teamwork. We saw that in the book of Judges with Deborah and Barak working as a team of the male-female image of God. We're going to see it in Esther with Esther and Mordecai working as a team in the image of God. So they're saying here one of the one of the uh, pur- main purposes of the book was to a classic example of successful teamwork. Their relationship vividly portrays the unity that the Lord Jesus prayed for for his disciples to experience. So this is the church for the church to come into this kind of teamwork and unity. The success of their individual roles, even their very survival depended entirely upon their unity. Their individual roles, I think that's important. Each one of us can just do individually what we are hearing the Holy Spirit tell us to do and know that you're making a big difference even if it's just you in your kitchen at home alone and you're praying in the Holy Spirit or you're speaking the Word of God out. You're, you're playing, playing a big part. And their individual roles, even their very survival, depended entirely upon their unity and um, I, I'm reminded about how the woman, it says that she is safe, saved uh, through childbearing. But literally the word saved means safe. So really the woman in her, when she's doing, walking in her maternal duties as the image of God, is the safest place she can be. When you and I are in our proper places, it's the safest place we can be. And so we want to, uh, the success of their individual roles, even their very survival, depended entirely upon their unity. Esther also shows how God destroys those who try to harm his people. Hello, we're in a day like that. From this, we, we are reminded that he is faithful to destroy Satan and that his sovereign purposes ultimately prevail. Evil will self-destruct. 
So uh, if we can wait it out. <laughs> but we are to bind the works of darkness. And you can't bind the person, but you can, uh, a person, but you can bind the spirits driving that person. You can plead the blood over that person. And, and um, you know, the, the demonic activity has to have sin to attach itself to. And, and Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. So when you declare and decree and call on the, the power of the blood of the Lamb for that person, in behalf of that person, then you're, you're getting the, you're um, sanctifying them, if you will, to the point where the devil doesn't have the kind of influence and power with them that he would like to have. And when you bind up the darkness and plead the blood, then you're paralyzing the works of darkness. So if we keep that going, we're, we're, uh, we're walking with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And we're giving him something to work with. I remember him telling me one time, give me something to work with. And so um, that's when I, you, you bind the devil, you plead the blood, you speak the word. And, you know, remember, build up the goodness, good overcomes evil, light dispels darkness. And life, our victory, swallows up death. So we've run out of time today. I'm sorry. But next week, we're going to get into the first chapter. We'll finish our introduction to Esther. Be reading at least chapters 1 through 5 this week. And um, pray with me about Let's Let's ask the Lord to be sure and tell us exactly what you intended us to get out of this book. I think when you go into it and you ask your counselor... Exactly what was God trying to say? Because the New Testament is hidden in the Old Testament. And the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. So there's there's things to learn. And we'll see that next week as we finish our introduction to Esther. About what we can learn from her life. And not just women, but as Christians. What we can learn from her life. Amen. I wanted to uh, let you know this is West Houston Christian Center. Where we are filming this and, and where we attend Invite you to church, 10.30 on Sunday mornings. WestHoustonChristian.com is our webpage. And um, our son is the pastor there and his wife and uh, doing a great job. So I encourage you to come if you're watching this in Houston, Texas. Or tune in to live feed and uh, our, our online services on Sunday mornings. God bless you. And it's great to be with you today. And we'll be back next week in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We also live stream on Facebook and YouTube on Thursdays at noon. Hope to see you there.